Welcome into the PHNX Sun Devil Show brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe, drop a comment wherever you get your podcasts, and leave a five-star review. I'm Anthony Totri, joined on this wonderful Wednesday by none other than Sean DePaz. Shane Diefenbach is out having some fun at the People's Open, so it's it's just a two-man show today, Sean. Yeah, I feel like Shane has been dishing us a lot recently. He, he no, spent all that time in Mobile, and now he's at the Waste Management Open. It's I don't know how I feel about it, to be honest. He's with Saul again, too. Yeah. Man, they're, 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 I guess, a match made in heaven. Yeah, I guess we're, we're, uh, we're going to have to go on some trips together without without Shane. Where are we going? We should, I don't know. Let's just ditch him and not bring him to Vegas. Oh, I'm down. 100% down. <laughs> let's just leave his ass here. I'm totally cool with that. But uh, I mean, listen, got to do what you got to do. It's, you know, if he's not gonna, if he's not gonna bring us along on his trips, we can't bring him along on ours. No invites or nothing. Right. Whatever. You know who is getting invites though? Some ASU football, I guess now alumni, right? Yeah, I guess former. I call them former Sun yeah. Devils. ASU got eight invites uh, for the upcoming NFL Combine. That is the most in the Pac-12. The Pac-12 as a whole got 36 invites, so ASU makes up about a fourth of the entire conference's invites, yet the team fell to 8-5 and five and lost their bowl game. So what does that say to you, Sean? Um, it tells me that the football team didn't live up to their full potential. Um, I mean, yeah. when you have this kind of talent, it's it's unfortunate to see how the season ended up. Um but it, it also shows me that ASU, at least prior to the investigation, was was a a spot to get like we were capable of attracting talent. So yeah. um, hopefully ASU can kind of get back to that spot. But it's it's a little bittersweet knowing that that's all that talent is is leaving, and ASU is going to look very very the Sun Devils is going to look very different next year. Yeah, one hundred percent. Those eight guys include running back Rashad White. No surprise there. Offensive tackle Kellen Deesh. We've also got center Donovan West, tight end Curtis Hodges, linebacker Darian Butler, defensive tackle DJ Davidson, defensive back Jack Jones, and defensive back Chase Lucas. Sean, who are you most excited to see come combine time? I mean, Rashad, obviously. (laughs) I feel like like he, he, in the recent rankings, he's a little disrespected. I think he was it was pretty solid at the at the senior bowl, but the combine is where you can really show your your physical capabilities, and I think Rashad is going to put on a little bit of a show there. But outside of him, I'm really I'm really excited to see Kellen Deesh and Donovan West, the big guys, the offensive linemen, um, kind of see what they're physically capable of, their strength, um, and and see if if they can't boost their draft stock but honestly everyone i think is is yeah. has a has a, a good potential of kind of of boosting their draft stock because i I've, it's you know ASU's not it's not Alabama it's not any of these big schools that are getting all this attention and it's Pac-12 so they're playing late games so yeah. they might not get as much attention um obviously these are NFL scouts so they're doing their due diligence but still they're not they're not necessarily household names so all of these yeah. guys definitely have a capability of of improving their stock and, and showing what they're capable of yeah 100 percent. none of these guys are expected to go in the first maybe even second round but this is definitely an opportunity for them to to simply get drafted um as yeah. opposed to falling to the undrafted status i'm super excited to see cornerback chase lucas course, um yeah. a guy for when i was at asu he was a he was a freshman 
Um, and his numbers, man, they just jumped off off the page. Like this was a guy that his first couple seasons as a Sun Devil, it was looking like he was going to be a premier corner in college football. It looked like he was going to be a first, second round guy. And then his numbers really taken a dip over the course of the last couple of seasons. He's only tallied one interception over the course of his last three seasons here. But that athleticism is still there, still decent size at six feet. So I'm excited to see what he's able to do in terms of boosting his stock because, like I said, it was a guy who, after his first couple seasons, you'd expect him to be in those in that yeah. conversation for you know a top five corner um, in the draft. Now it's a guy that you don't really hear much about, especially even on this list of eight cornerbacks. You could talk about Jack Jones having a better campaign last season yeah. than Chase Lucas did, just from a stats perspective. But really, it, it's going to be an exciting time especially for asu fans to you know get to look at some of these guys before they start putting on you know those new helmets those new jerseys um come camp and and really it should be it should be a time to celebrate a lot of these guys despite the investigation going on at asu with the alleged recruiting allegations um sandoval fans can kind of look away from that and, and you know be happy for a little bit over here no, for sure. I mean, this is they get to put all of that behind them, and I think I think you're going to see a couple of years from now that there's a number of these guys that end up making impacts at NFL rosters and were were steals in the draft. I mean, especially Rashad, I think he's going to end up falling deeper, fall farther than he should, and end up being a steal for whatever team he yep. ends up on. I mean, um, Darian Butler, I think it pro- proved at ASU that he's capable of being a leader, and I think he is more than capable of doing that on an NFL roster at some point in his career. Um, so I think, I think all of these guys have the, at least the, the a good potential of making an impact on an NFL roster. Obviously nothing is certain when you're making that jump from college yeah. to the pros, but um, there's, there's a lot of talent um, representing ASU at this combine now for sure. Yeah. I'm excited to see what happens with Darian Butler. I mean, for sure. you, you got to figure that this guy got a second look just off of him being a semifinalist for the Dick Buckus award, um, exactly, or the yeah. award, you know, get an award given to the nation's top linebacker. Um, he was a captain. Uh, like th- this is a guy that I think could have a pretty promising career yeah. in the NFL. Uh, he's just, he just looks like a dog, bro. Like <laughs> he, like he is somebody that I would definitely not want to line up against on any given Sunday, any given Saturday. Um, not really at all. And then on the offensive side of the ball, I know a lot's been made of, of Rashad White. We talked about the offensive lineman for a little bit. Uh, but Curtis Hodges, too, man, a yeah. guy that came to ASU as a wide receiver, pretty thin. Uh, and I said it pretty early on while he was at ASU that I wanted to see him bulk up and switch to tight end a little bit just because of how big this dude is. Uh, 6'8", 240 pounds, man. Like, if I was 6'8", yeah. 240 I would. I'm sorry, but I would not be working at PHNX. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, understandable. <laughs> uh, but a guy again who who had his best season at ASU um, this past season. The numbers again don't really jump out. Only about 20 catches, I believe, 373 yards. But this is his first season, or this was his first season at, at ASU, where he tallied more than five catches. Um, so again, the numbers don't really jump out, but you love to see that progression from guys, especially going into, you know, declaring for the draft or going into the combine or pro day, that type of stuff. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, 
not too sure on where he'll end up getting drafted if he does end up getting drafted. But I, yeah. I, I feel like it's he's one of those guys that, that you could definitely see. You'll 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 hear his name pop up at some point. I mean, I think especially with how tight ends are used nowadays, they're basically wide receivers in the NFL. Yeah. Um, and so having someone that has that that wide receiving background, but also has the size of the tight end, um, definitely can be useful on an NFL roster. Um, so you will see. I mean, I would be surprised if he he ends up being like an undrafted free agent. Yeah, maybe 100%. some practice squad stuff. But um, you know, it definitely it definitely obviously like the past game in FRASU this year was not super effective and it when it was it ran through Rashad so mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see him in a situation where um he can he can be utilized to his his full his full potential um so yeah it, it, just all of these guys it's going to be real interesting to see kind of how their careers play out but they they're all definitely like I said have the potential to make an impact yeah and at some point as the combine gets closer as the draft gets closer we'll we'll talk a little bit more about maybe some pro comparisons or where we expect these guys to end up but just, just talking about Curtis Hodges and the six foot eight number just jumps out yeah. as it should, right? Like the size of he could play on ASU's basketball team and probably yeah. start at that size. But I look at tight end uh, Donald Parham. He's tight end on the Chargers. Same, same size, about six eight. A guy that you just really a red zone threat, right? Yeah. You're not going to see this guy in um, for most of the game, but when the team gets in the red zone, you line up a guy at six foot eight on the outside or even tucked in run a little fade or some route, like these corners in the NFL, man, five, 10, six foot, six foot one. Like yeah. you have a seven inch height advantage over this guy. It doesn't really matter how great your hands are. Like yeah. all you gotta do is touch the ball at that point. Basically. Yeah, no, I, that, that size is, is crazy. I mean, um, I just, he would be one of the biggest tight ends in, in the NFL at that rate. Like he'd be one of the tallest players in the NFL. Um, so it would be, it that size is gonna is gonna help him regardless of of his other his other capabilities. So it'll be it'll be real interesting to see how his career specifically plays out. Yeah, a hundred percent. All those guys, of course, participating in the NF the upcoming NFL Combine, hoping to get their shot to be where Joe Shiesty and Matt Stafford are currently at. They're getting ready for the Super Bowl. We're all getting ready for the Super Bowl. And in honor of that big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. All you got to do is bet just $5 or more and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. And guess what? If you're not a new customer, you could still bet on Super Bowl 56 props instead. DraftKings Sportsbook offers a wide range of props throughout the big game. I love them. I also love those same game parlays. Sean, what do you got for your prop? of the week or the prop of the super bowl i guess uh, my favorite prop so i so okay have you ever heard of an octopus like in, the animal no so on DraftKings for the super bowl under their novelty props you can bet on whether or not there will be an octopus during the game it was something i had never heard of i thought they i thought they were talking about the animal and i was just like what is what is this it's plus 1400 apparently it's an actual stat it's when a player scores a touchdown and then also scores the ensuing two-point conversion. So if you think that's going to occur, you can bet on that ah. at plus 1,400. I don't know why it's called an octopus. 
Um, I'm well, because they get the that. six, they get the six, and then they get the two. And they get the two, two, the eight. Oh, look at you! I honestly had not put that together at all. Um, <laughs> but I, I bet on. Um, there is an over under the number of the first touchdown score. It's at twenty three and a half right now. I bet the under on that. I mean, you got Cooper Cup at ten, um, OBJ at five, right? Cam Makers yeah. at twenty three. Either the um, quarterbacks. Either of the quarterbacks. You have Jamar Chase at one. So like, I, I liked. I like that one a lot, but you know, you got T Higgins, any of the tight ends, um, stuff like that. So who knows what'll happen, but I, I like that one a lot. Interesting. Interesting. I'm going with whatever OBJ's receiving yards are. I think they're at 49 like and a half. I'm going over on that a hundred percent, but yeah. if you don't like ours, if you don't like the octopus, which thank <laughs> you for letting me know what the octopus <laughs> was, all you got to do is go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, find a prop that you want to use Use promo code PHNX, get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 or more and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. Again, that's promo code PHNX at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, 21 plus, Arizona only. Gambling problem call 1 800 next step. New customers only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Now, moving from the gridiron to the hardwood, we got some ASU basketball set for tomorrow again another lovely late tip at 9 p.m this time they're on the road against the washington huskies sean what initially jumps out at you about this matchup here we are a couple days removed from asu's tough tough loss to u of a yeah um i mean initially it's it's the zone the um, washington using the zone if they if they rely heavily on that um the zone tends to give teams fits, but like I had mentioned in our last post game show, I think ASU is kind of uniquely situated with the way that they play. They're the, they run their offense to um, kind of exploit that zone. So we'll see how that works out. But um, if they do rely heavily on the zone, I think it, the game is going to rely a lot on on Jalen kind of getting um, getting his shots around that free the, around the free throw line and whether or not um, ASU can make can make threes. Um, if that happens, then I expect. I expect ASU to win. I think ASU is a lot better after they've gone through the stretch of games. And I think they're going to, now that they're past most of these, these ranked teams that they have to play, I think that we're going to see them win the majority of their games, be plus 500 um, for their games here on out. So I, I, if I'm predicting an outcome, I'm predicting an ASU win. Hmm. I said, I said this a little bit uh, Monday night after the ASU U of A game that I think ASU will have some trouble with that zone. Um, Reminds me a lot of a couple years back when ASU played Syracuse and Dayton. Um, I believe that was what a it was a playing game, um, and ASU had such such a good team. They had Trey Holder, they had Cody Justice, they had Shannon Evans. I believe Remy was coming off the bench, um, and that zone gave that unit, which was known to score at will, a lot of fits. Now, you beat that zone kind of like you mentioned, right? You situate a guy top of the key right around that free throw line, and they just hit that mid-range, and you can kind of break down that zone. At the time when that game was played, Cody Justice was that guy for ASU, right? A guy that had that mid-range shot. Um, what's What concerns me about this game is the fact that I don't feel like ASU has such a reliable shooter at that mid-range level, right? You mentioned Jalen Graham. We've seen him. Time 
from from time to time be able to hit that shot. It's not the prettiest of shots, no. uh, but he has been able to hit it a little bit more. Um, as far as everybody else on the roster, you look at Marion Jackson, DJ Horn, guys that are known to either drive to the basket or just absolutely let it rain from behind the arc. That's yeah. not going to get it done uh, this time around because, again, I, I can't help but compare to seasons past when they faced a zone like this. And I look at Trey Holder and Shannon Evans, guys that were much better three-point shooters and just scorers overall than those two, the DJ Horn and Marion Jackson, and they struggled mightily in the game, Trey Holder specifically. Um, so if ASU is going to break down the zone, it has got to be either Jalen Graham or somebody being able to find their mid-range shot on a late night in Washington. Otherwise, I think this game could could get ugly uh, from an offensive perspective for the Sun Devils. Yeah, I think, I think Marion having a big game would be huge here. A, shooting, and B, kind of being able to find those soft spots in the zone and passing the ball because that's been consistently his strong suit. I think during the course of the season, his court vision his ability to pass the basketball. And if he can do that effectively, um, I I think ASU stands a good shot. I would, I think another, another way to kind of exploit that zone is kind of get lobs over the top. Once you get, once you draw defenders, um, which is not something you see ASU do. You don't see them ever have alley-oops or dunks period really. Um, so if, if Bobby can kind of game plan that into the offense, um, I think you could see big, I think it's just going to come down a lot to the performance of the front court, whether that be, um, Jalen or, or I, I mean, Enoch, I think could have a big game, which I feel yeah. like I say basically every game. <laughs> um, but, um, just his size can be such an advantage. So, um, it'll be really interesting to see how they game plan, but I like I again, like I had mentioned on the game, the post game show, this one is going to come down to even more so than all of their games is how Bobby is able to game plan and and build this offense for this game and for the zone. So we'll we'll see. But Washington is not it's not a tremendous team. Um, it's definitely a team that ASU should be able to beat. So that's what yeah. I I expect to happen. Do you think this is going to be a close game? Yeah, I think it's going to be a low scoring game. Um, yeah, I agree. Because I, I do think I think the obviously ASU is a tremendous defensive team, and I think they will struggle with the zone. Um, I think they will be able to overcome it, but I, of course, I like it's still the zone, and it gives teams fits. And you mentioned that game against Syracuse, um, but uh, so I think it'll be low scoring. But I think ASU will be able to do enough to overcome the zone, and I think their defense will will stay strong enough um, to kind of keep it low scoring and close. Yeah, well, ASU hasn't fared well in close games this season. One and eight in games decided by ten points or more. But you know they had, and when you talk about close games, they uh, they got that that close that big one over US or UCLA, and that's all that really matters to me. That hey, that's the most recent, right? <laughs> you got in terms of games like that, like I, the U of A games are throwaway. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, in all honesty, like, and, and that's one thing again where, like, ASU scored pretty well. Yeah. They, I mean, their offense was really effective against U of A, which was surprising. They were just up against a better team. Yeah. Um, the UCLA game is the one I, I think you can expect more of a just a gritty performance. Mm-hmm. Um, but you mentioned ASU's defense. They've been known to have just a stout defense, especially in this last stretch against ranked teams, the USC games, the UCLA game, uh, even that first U of A game, they're going to be tested. 
Terrell Brown Jr. is coming off a 30-point game, averaging 22 um, a game this season. Who do you expect to be locked up with him? Um, I don't know if it's going to be like a single person. I mean, I, I love Marion's defense. Um, so I think I wouldn't be surprised if, if he's kind of the one locking him down. Um, but I think it'll just be, it'll kind of be all over the place. But if I had to choose one person, I think it will probably be Marion. So if you're Bobby, you're like, yo, Marion, this is your guy for the day. Yeah. I'm, I, I have, I have faith in Marion's ability to lock him up. Um, uh, and then if he gets past Marion, I think just, you know, the, the size that we do have, which is not a lot, but especially if Enoch is in there, um, can kind of prevent him from scoring at the basket, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just – biggest concern is always the foul trouble. As long as we can – as long as I can yeah. stay out of foul trouble, I think ASU has a shot of slowing him down. I don't expect another 30-point performance. Um, but yeah, it's – you know, it's, it's kind of hard to – it's hard to know, to be honest. Yeah. I think it's going to be easier, too. Right, like we know, Washington's not as good as U of A, uh, by no yeah. means. But I think I don't even think it's a talent perspective when you're comparing. It's just like ACU doesn't have to play a couple of giants in Coloco yeah. and Balo. Like they get almost like a night off from having to face just just two skyscrapers of human beings. Like they get to play a normal sized Pac-12 team, and I think when you when you're coming off a game where you have to play such an elite team and you have to play such large individuals. Uh, I think you can go into this Washington game and when things start to get in a little bit of a groove, you're like, okay, like some of the stuff that wasn't working on Monday is working now because we're not going up against, you know, a top five team with, yeah, again, two guys that could play defensive end in yeah. the NFL. Like it's a lot easier to score. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I think um, it's – I just want to see their offense continue to, to be more productive. I think, like like yeah. you mentioned, they, they were really productive against that U of A team. They, they shot over 40%, um, and they just they're, – they're, that U of A's offense is just arguably the, is it the best in the country. So it's just – it's you're not gonna, it's going to be really difficult to keep pace with that team. Almost no one has been able to do that all year. So um, it's – I think it's going to be, it's just, it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting game. I think it, it, the potential for it to be a really ugly game is really high. Yeah. Um, I just think it's going to be up to ASU to kind of capitalize on whatever opportunities they do get um, and hopefully shut down Brown there. But I don't know. This this is a, a much harder game to predict, I think, than the, than the U of A games. Yeah. The U of A games are a little bit easier. At that point, you're not even talking win loss. You're talking spread. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I don't know. I'm interested to see what the, the, the line will be for this game. Um, but I I would I would hammer ASU Moneyline, to be honest. I think this is a game that they should be able to win, and I think they want to rectify um, what just happened against U of A. So the, probably the biggest question that ASU fans want the answer to is, are we going back to playing tacos tomorrow to get ASU the dub? I don't know. I'll have to consult with Shane. Um, I think, you know, I think it's just a matter of we have to enjoy our food. We have to. I love them. Honestly, I love salsa, but like the tacos were good. The tacos were amazing. The salsa that we had against U of A was really good. 
Um, so we'll see what Shane had. I mean, I did. We did mention there was a couple other variables thrown in. I ate lifesavers at halftime. I ate a dry loaf of of gas station pound cake. Um, so we'll keep both of those out of the equation and maybe focus just on the tacos, tacos and hopefully okay. salsa, no salsa. It, it drives us to victory. So maybe I mean, we do tacos with salsa, but no weird halftime yeah. and second half foods. Yeah, I mean. Also, something we haven't talked about is that you didn't have tacos before this game. I all yeah, you know that. that so maybe been that's too. what it was. Maybe we needed all three of us to be eating tacos, and it doesn't matter what's on them. So that, we'll see. that might be the recipe for success. We'll have to consult with Shane, see what happens. Yeah, whenever he gets back to work from the, the yeah. People's Open. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever, Shane. Whenever you listen to this back, I just want you to know that we are salty that you didn't consult us um, on what not being on the like? show today. I am salty. I'm I'm very upset. <laughs> but you know what? Shane is putting together some great content. Um, all of our PHNX family is doing some great stuff. And if you're not catching the podcast, if you're not reading the, the great articles that are online, Gerald's got some great stuff with the Suns. Uh, put out arguably his best piece, I believe, today on Mikhail Bridges and just his growth as a player. They're free for now, guys. Those articles are free for now, but they're not going to be free forever. Okay. So we highly, highly encourage you to go become a PHNX member and you're going to unlock a world of Arizona sports coverage that you quite literally didn't even know was possible. Head to the gophnx.com website today and become a member of the family and you'll get either a free t-shirt from the PHNX locker or your first month for just 50 cents just for signing up. I believe an annual membership is just $5. So Come on, $5. Instead of going to get the gas station loaf like Sean, <laughs> you could put the 5 bucks to good use and get literally the best content out there on your teams. Not to mention we've got some great shirts in the PHNX locker. Sean's currently rocking the, the ASU one that we got. The Suns ones are always great. The new PHNX Rising shirt is pretty dope too. Hard. Like. They highly, are dropping some encouraged. some new Suns ones. I think they said they have three new designs coming out soon. Ooh. I haven't seen them, but you know if they're anything like the other ones, they're going to be absolute heat. Um, I'm ready so, for it. I'm ready for yeah. it. And if you want those, if you want to read great stuff, if you want to hear our beautiful voices, then go become a PHNX member. Sean, our last last you know few topics of the day. We're gonna we're gonna bounce around a little bit. I want to start off with my personal favorite is the fact that we finally got a date for uh, you and Shane to go blonde. Yes, uh, this Friday. I think we're, we're waking up bright and early Friday morning to go get our, our hair dyed. Uh, I'm so excited. I, Thank you, honestly, Joe Honestly, I'm excited about it. This is just an excuse to – I've had my hair bleached before, and I looked amazing. Um, so I expect nothing different. Uh, <laughs> Shane, I'm a little worried about. I think Shane is a much much bigger loser in this scenario than I am. Um, but that is basically every scenario. Um, I, but yeah, no, I'm excited for it. You know, I'm like Shane and I are men of our word, and we we lost a bet because why I trusted him at home. I don't know. Um, Joe Shiesty, baby. Joe Shiesty. Um, I. It's hard to doubt him now. I think Listen, I still am doubting him in the Super Bowl, but it's a conversation for another time. 100%. And I just remembered I said listen, and Shane doesn't like when we say listen. <laughs> so that's purposeful, Shane. I expect this a text when you. you go back and listen to this. Listen, Shane, and everybody else. <laughs> um, they're going to get the hair bleached. If you want to see the reveal for it, Friday's live episode. 
is going to be off the rails because we're going to have a couple of Justin Timberlakes and Sean and Shane back in studio to, to catch a great look at their hair. We also have a phenomenal interview lined up. Sean, who do we get to talk to this time? The one and only Maddie Hackbarth, baby. Yes, sir. Former ASU softball player. Uh, she was really the GOAT when she was here, honestly. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to talk to her a little bit ahead of softball season. Do uh, do our lovely wheel of questions that we've got, yes. similar to what we did with Bobby Hurley. If you guys want to learn a little bit more about Hackbarth, uh, just her life, really, and just her journey, and maybe some of the quirky things that make her her, you can also tune in again Friday for that lovely live show. And then uh, the last thing I want to get to you a little about a little bit about is I, I know we talked a little bit in the the ad read about the Super Bowl. Are you are, the the line is set at four and a half in favor of the Rams right now? Are you going? Are you sticking with that? I know there's a couple days till Sunday, but do you have your mind made up yet? Uh, okay, so I'm definitely a coward, so I'm staying away from the spread. Um, I did place a little bit of a parlay already, um, and I am riding with the Rams money line. I have Rams money line, Cooper Cup anytime TD score, which I also am going to bet on separately because DraftKings is so kind and boosted that to plus 100. Ooh. Um, so that's plus money on Cooper Cup scoring a touchdown, which he basically does in his sleep. Um, yeah, money line, Cooper Cup touchdown scorer. I got the OBJ over 49 and a half yards. Um, Joe Mixon over nine and a half receiving yards. And Cam Akers 10 plus receiving yards. Um, I love it. I have a little bit of a little, just a little something, something, not a whole lot. Um, but I am rocking with the Rams. I just think Eli Apple is doo doo and going to get exposed <laughs> by, the, by the Rams receiving core. Um, and I just think, you know, this is a pretty big stage and not that they have shown that they get rattled at any, yet, um, but it would not surprise me if the young guns on the Bengals get get a little rattled by the big stage. Plus the Bengals have me, you and Shane protecting um, Joe Shiesty back there on their offensive line, basically <laughs> just Swiss cheese. Um, and you know, that, 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 they have a the Rams have a pretty solid defense. You know, it's probably the best cornerback that that Joe Burrow was going up against. They yeah. have Aaron Donald, Von Miller, all those guys rushing the rushing Joe Joe Shiesty. So I think it's going to be a long day for the Bengals, unfortunately. But you know, I've doubted them once, and now I'm bleaching my hair. So I'm staying away from the money line, or staying away from it. the spread, and just sticking with the Rams money line. I've scarred you. We've scarred you with the uh, <laughs> with spreads. Joe, Joe Shiesty has scarred me. <laughs> I, I love the bets, though. I love the bets. I got three myself, two parlays, and just a straight-up bet. Um, money earned, hard-earned from the, the Phoenix Suns and D-Book <laughs> and those guys. So thank you uh, thank you for that. My, my favorite bet is I got a little bit on Aaron Donald to be the Super Bowl MVP. Okay. You can still get him at plus 1,625, pays 425. Uh, I just think if, if the Rams do win this game, I think that D-line is just going to eat up. Uh, yeah. Joe Burrow and I think I mean Aaron Donald's got to be the guy right like he he has not been stopped by anybody ever uh, <laughs> let alone you mentioned five trash cans blocking for Joe Burrow so I I, I really think he's gonna have a big game uh, so I like that and then I'm a little I'm a little bit of a cheater 
I got one parlay in favor of the Rams and then one parlay in favor of the, the Bengals. So <laughs> I respect it. My my Rams one, I got Rams and took the an alternate spread at minus two and a half. Cooper Cup anytime touchdown score. Joe Shiesty to throw one or more touchdowns. Joe Mixon under 89 and a half rush yards. And Odell over 49 and a half receiving yards. 35 pays a cool 166. You know, we love that. And then my personal favorite. I mean, yes, I got one parlay against Joe Shiesty, but at the end of the day, it's still Joe Shiesty. You know, I got to pick him and whatever. So I got Bengals money line, uh, Odell over 49 and a half receiving yards. That's my favorite prop of the, the game. I'm with you. I got Mixon over nine and a half receiving yards. Matt Stafford to throw a pick. Joe Shiesty, two plus touchdowns, because if they're going to win, he's got to throw a touchdown. Yeah. And then I got Bengals plus three and a half in the first quarter. Uh, Ooh, 40, okay. 40 pays a cool 327. So that's okay. the one I'll be rooting for, but that one could be dead, <laughs> like quite literally in the first quarter. So here's to Joe Shiesty. Okay. We need yeah, you to you win can. the Super Bowl. You've already, you've already like brought me so much happiness for making these two have to dye their hair. Uh, just, just, I need you to pull, pull through in one more game. That, that's all I need, Joe. If you're listening, which I know you're, you're an avid listener of the PHNX Sunnable podcast. Um, <laughs> Just like my friend DK Metcalf, like we we need you to come through and pull off this Super Bowl upset. Listen, um, I like the. You can get Rams over three and a half um, sacks at plus money. I think it's plus one hundred five. I'm writing that all day because I think I think Joe is going to end up on his behind a few times. Um, yeah, but I, I'm looking at DK and they they gave me a little parlay for. Um, at plus 425 for the Rams to win both sides of the ball, it's Rams to get to 10 points first, Rams over three and a half total touchdowns, and Rams over three or three plus sacks. I might have to I might have to throw a little something on plus that. Plus 425? Plus 425 for, for the Rams to basically win the game. Uh, they don't even have to win the game in this situation, though. They just have to ball out a little bit. So they just got to ball like out it. a little bit. Three and a half touchdowns, a lot of touchdowns. Like I scored four, t- four tutties. I think it's very possible. I can see a defensive touchdown and then, you know, Matt Stafford throwing two, Cam Maker slipping in one. I can see it. I can see it happening. Hey, man. We'll get a lot more into the Super Bowl on that Friday show where you, again, should come hang out, even just if you want to come see Shane and Sean have, uh, what's it called? NSYNC like hair. That would be phenomenal. Slim Shady, baby. Oh, 100%. If, if you <laughs> missed that, come for the Hackbarth interview. And if you missed that, come talk to Super Bowl with us. And then we can also cry about uh, some ASU basketball or we can we can laugh about some ASU basketball. Really, whatever happens tomorrow uh, when they go up against Washington, we'll break down a little bit more in the postgame show and then Friday as well. But, Sean, any final words of wisdom for the people listening today? Just don't – if you love the current state of your hair, don't bet it on – <laughs> I don't bet it against Joe Shiesty. Um That's all I'll say. I love it. That's actually probably the wisest thing that you've learned in 2022. <laughs> you're not, you're not wrong. Joe Burrow. But thank you guys again for listening. As always, again, go become a PHNX member. Don't make me tell you again. Um, and then you can follow us on social at PHNX underscore Sun Devils. You can follow me on social at Anthony underscore Toe Sean, as always, where can the peeps follow Mr. Lightskin himself? 
at Sean <laughs> underscore to pause. Um, uh, just going to get not. even cuter coming Friday. So Yeah, no comment for me on that one. No comment <laughs> for me on that one. But thanks again for listening, guys. And we'll be back with you Thursday for a good old post-game show following ASU versus Washington. But for now, 